right, welcome back everybody to the podcast. I'm pretty excited about today. We've got a really special guest. We've got Alexandra Smith from Donald Hebert Septic. She's an incredibly ambitious individual who's currently working with her dad at DH Septic, and she's looking to start branching out on her own doing septic design and install. We're going to dive into quite a few things today, mainly women in construction and the role that Alexandra is playing with the crew collab and how they're building awareness and trying to get more attention on women in construction, which I think is fantastic. We're also going to get into a little bit about what she does at DH Septic, what her role is and what she's doing with her own business now, starting to do septic design and install. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the ups and downs of business So I'm really looking forward to the conversation and I hope you guys enjoy today's show. Alexander, thank you for taking the time to be here. I know you're always out on site. I see the Instagram stories. You're a busy person. So I really appreciate your time to uh, be here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) How did you initially get started in construction? I find a lot of people at an early age have some sort of experience, whether it's with the heavy equipment in construction or with their dad. Take us through kind of the early days of your career and what that looked like compared to where you are now. So it really all started with my dad. Um, I had always been on job sites with him, like as a young girl, and um, I'd sit in his lap on the equipment. Um, but as I got older, I was still working for him sometimes on weekends. I remember I was 14 when I was on my first job site with him, and um, I was on a little Bobcat 595, and I was just moving some brush and doing some drainage with him. Um, and that's when I really decided, you know, I really like this. I really like being in the equipment. It really takes me back to when I was a kid and I was playing with my little Tonka truck. So when I first started working part-time with my dad, I was about 20 and I was still going to college. Um, and I had just realized that I didn't want to pursue a political science degree anymore. It just wasn't the career path I wanted or the lifestyle I wanted. And, um, I really enjoyed working with my dad in the summers when I'd come home. So that's when I decided this is what I want to do. And I went from part-time to full-time. And um, ever since, I've loved it and I haven't looked back. So I find that really interesting because I went through school and finished school. And you've gone through school and taken the plunge right into the business. I think that's fantastic to, to realize that about yourself and realize this is what you want to do. Most people just tend to go through life just f- checking the boxes. What kind of a role did your dad play in the early days of your career? Was he a mentor to you? Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) My dad has, um, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for my dad. Um, He has really encouraged me along the way and always told me from when I was little that I could be a dirt digger is how he'd always say it. (laughs) Um, And he just sets really high standards for himself And, you know, obviously for me, and I think it's really pushed me to have this drive in the industry and to, you know, not want it to just be about the day job to, you know, show other women that they can do it in case they don't have someone sitting there telling them, you know, they can do it. I want to be that person. So you and your dad own this incredible septic install and design business. Could you tell us a bit about that? Because my knowledge, I'm sure a lot of other people's knowledge kind of stops it where the toilet flushes. So what do you guys do? Tell us a little bit about that business. Um, Currently, we do septic installs. I'm working on getting my septic designing license in New Hampshire. Um, But my favorite part is the septic installing. Um, I just like the combination of being in the equipment and then the labor work. 
Um, there's a lot of problem solving. So I just really enjoy the whole septic process. I enjoy working closely with the customer um, and ensuring them that we're giving them the best product we can. Everything's going to be installed the right way. Um, what about the design side of the business? Because that's a, that's before any buckets or shovels meet the ground. What about the design business? What's that all about? So the design business is where I really want to get my foot in the door because they're the first person on the site. They come out on site, they take a look and see where the septic can go. Um, and then you do have someone there to dig the test pits, which I would also be doing myself. Um, but the septic designer has a lot of control over pretty much the whole site where everything goes. And, um, you know, as a septic installer, it really works to your advantage. If you have a good relationship with the septic designer, you can explain to them how to make the job easier for you. Um, you can express the customer's needs clearer. I see you out there with all this survey equipment. You're walking around these beautiful properties. You've got the plans in your hand. You're talking with people. And then the next day, maybe I'll see you digging a test pit. And then to follow, you're, you're actually doing the install. What does that process look like? Could you walk us through that? So after I've researched the property and figured out how many bedrooms there is and where the previous system was and where the lot lines are, I go out um, and meet the customer. And we survey their land. We set up our benchmarks. We dig our test pits. Um, we see what's in the ground, see how far the system needs to be from the water table. And um, then we draw up a plan and we have to submit it to the state. And it takes about a week for the state to get back to us with an approval or if we need to make any changes. And um, then we are all set to go out and pull the permit and install. And then I just need to wait for an inspection um, once the bed is installed. Um, some towns actually do require a bed bottom inspection before you can install the system. But um, what what okay. part of the whole what part of the whole process do you enjoy the most? What's your favorite part of the septic install process? So my favorite part is the actual install of the bed, um, just because I really like making sure that all the fine details are perfect. I enjoy checking the entire elevation of the bed and raking it out and making sure it's perfect, making sure all of my pipes are laying the same way, all of my pieces are cut the same, all the you making sure that every detail is perfect. <laughs> so anything detail-oriented, I really enjoy. And that's where everything is super critical. With any business, there's a lot of competition. How do you differentiate yourself from other septic companies? The difference is that we're essentially going to be a one-stop shop. Um, most companies do just installs or just designs, whereas we're going to be doing design and installs. Um, so it just makes it a lot easier for the customer. They just have to deal with one person and um, it just simplifies the process. I think that's great because most of the time you don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to business. You just need to improve upon a proven blueprint, if you will. As a young business owner, could you give us a perspective of what behind the scenes at DH Septic looks like? What is your role, or, or for, for that matter, roles, uh, plural, at DH Septic? So I'm a full-time operator. However, some days I'm picking up parts, I'm running to the bank, I'm working on the website, working on our advertising, um, 
designing business cards. I kind of do all of the miscellaneous stuff that needs to get done. And I am getting involved in finances now. So I'm just trying to take on a bigger role every chance I get. Um, You know, every single part of the business is important. And I need to know every single part to be able to run my own business successfully. I think that's fantastic because a lot of people think people do one job when they have a business. They're in the office, they're in the equipment, they're a surveyor. But you're doing a lot and you're taking on a lot. You're challenging yourself. And I think young business owners, old business owners need to hear that, that it's a lot to do. There's a lot of roles. How do you, how do you balance family and business? Because I know you work with your dad and how do you kind of balance that relationship? So because we work together, the majority of the time that I do see my dad is on site at work. I feel it's important to have downtime. Um, I know that when you own your own business, <laughs> the amount of downtime you can really have is very limited. Um, but for me, I really try to push to make sure that I'm not overworking myself because I feel like it affects the quality of your work and you're not giving your best self and your best work when you're overworking yourself. So it really is difficult to balance. I just try to make sure that, um, you know, I'm always feeling my best when I'm going out on site that I'm, I eat healthy. I stay very active. I'm always hiking. Um, I feel like the lifestyle you live outside of work really matters in the work that you're doing, the work you're putting out. I totally agree with every, every bit of that, your personal health, your mental health, physical health, whatever it it may be directly impacts your business, how well your business does. So if you aren't doing well, the business will reflect that. So I think you, you hit a couple points that are really important. What are some of your goals for the business? You've mentioned you're incorporating design, septic design into what you do. So what are some of the goals moving forward? So the goal for me is really to take off on my own and have my own septic design business separate from Donald Hebert Septic until I can take on installs myself as well. Um, but the big goal for me is to make sure that I can run the business myself from top to bottom and that I can play every role and do every role. Um, I really want to be self-sufficient in that. And then eventually the goal would be to expand and for me to have employees. I just want to prove to myself and other people that I can run a business myself and be successful. So I like to focus on the positives, but I think it's important to recognize some of the the negatives or some of the struggles because they're mm-hmm. some of the most important learning pieces you can have as a young person, whether you're in business or, or not. As a young business owner, what are some of the struggles you've faced? I mean, to be blatantly honest, there's many struggles I've faced. Um, you know, customers sometimes don't like to pay, um, you know, burnout just from overworking yourself. Um, and then also finding people your age that you feel like you can relate to because this line of work is very um, challenging and it can be hard to find people to relate to that understand exactly what this business requires from you and the energy it takes and, um, you know, also still how it, it drives you. Um, so it can be, it can be challenging as a young woman who wants to own her own construction business, um, to find people to relate to, especially. That really hits home for me too, because I've, I have a lot of good friends, but most of them aren't in their own business. They aren't starting their own business. 
So it's hard to relate with everybody. So when you do find the people that are in the same, a similar position to yourself, you really connect with them, but it's not an easy person to find. In contrast to that, what are some of the most rewarding aspects of owning and operating your business? The sense of accomplishment. It's really the feeling of going to a job, finishing it from start to finish, knowing that you did everything the best of your abilities and that you gave your customer the best product that you can. It's really the pride, the sense of pride I get from from seeing a job from start to finish and knowing that I did that. Like I, (laughs) my two little hands (laughs) did that job. I did my best to make sure that that job was done the best it could be done. So one of the most rewarding things about owning my own business is buying my own equipment because I am not your typical operator. I am a smaller woman in equipment and I do have a lot of a lot of challenges when just trying to run regular equipment from reaching pedals to joysticks to visibility. And for me, being a a business owner gives me that control over my day-to-day comforts and how I feel in the equipment. I have the opportunity to go and try out all these different pieces of equipment and shop around and find the best piece of equipment that fits me because I am, you know, a smaller operator. (laughs) We're both super passionate about heavy equipment. I'd really like to get your insight as a business owner into the process for buying equipment. What helps you make those decisions? What aspects of the equipment manufacturer is important to you when buying equipment? So there's so many things that I look at when buying equipment. Um, Like I might've touched upon previously, I am a smaller operator. So whatever makes my day-to-day easier as being an operator in the equipment and being more comfortable makes me obviously happier. (laughs) Um, So as long as I'm happy in the equipment, then my business is going to do well. I'm going to do well. So it really does matter to me as the operator, you know, creature comforts, power, stability, dealer support, what's going to make my life easiest. When we go and buy equipment, um, my dad is, kind of a bigger guy. He's about six one, and I am all of five feet tall. So we are on opposite ends of the spectrum and we do have difficulties in finding equipment that both of us feel comfortable in. So that's the biggest thing for us is we need to be able to find a piece of equipment that he can feel comfortable in as well as me. Um, and then next I would say would be dealer support um, just because we've had, you know, not so great experiences in the past with dealer support. It really does matter. Ideally, I would really like to say that, you know, color does matter because my dad will not buy a case because he hates butterscotch. (laughs) But um, he does like when the equipment matches on site. That's just him having his, um, that's just him being detail oriented, if you will. (laughs) A lot of companies go with the, the notion that having the same colored equipment on site helps with the brand, with the business from a dealer support perspective or just from a, a, a perspective of someone passing by, they see the company with all the same colored equipment. You've got a, quite a mixed fleet. What what does that look like for you? Do you believe in, in having all the same equipment? We really do try to have matching equipment on site. And for some time, we did have all one brand of equipment. Um, however, we have moved away from that just because we want to make sure we are always getting the best dealer support possible. Um, and we do find that having competition of equipment on our sites does make the dealer 
um, you know, want to help us more. They want to see all of their equipment on our site. They don't want to be competing with other dealers, you know? So the biggest thing is we really just want to make sure that whatever piece of equipment we have, that it's the best that we can have. So if we think that link belt excavators are the best, best excavators, we want to have those. If we think Caterpillar dozers are the best dozers, we want those. Um, you know, so it really depends on each piece of equipment individually, what we think of it, and if we think it's the best in, in its class. And that really resonates with me because I think the best product for the application is the right choice. And you've definitely embodied that. Sure, having all the same colored equipment may help with the brand, but when it comes down to it, business is business. For other business owners who are in a similar equipment acquisition position, what advice could you offer to offer to them? I say definitely shop around. Um, don't be afraid to talk to your salesman and go, you know, I looked at another piece of equipment similar to this, and this is what they were going to do for me. What can you do for me? What makes your product better? What what services? What warranties? You know, what can you offer me that's better than the competition? Um, and I think that that's good because as small business owners, you know, we need to hold them accountable and say, you know, what, why am I buying your product? Um, what makes your product product so great? Why should I have your product on my site? Um, it's a big investment. Um, you live in the equipment. I would say definitely put pressure on your salesman and shop around for equipment and don't be afraid to show them that you're looking at the competition because they need to be giving you the best deal, best service, best product possible. And that really comes down to it. Business is business. At the end of the day, you need to have the right piece for the application that makes you money and that allows you to move forward. So you really, really shared some really good insights there. I think this next talking point I'm really excited about because I've seen quite a bit of it on Instagram. It's the crew collab. You've been doing quite a bit with them. I've been following the posts, following the stories, reading along for the listeners who may not already be aware of it or who kind of wanted more of an insight into it. Could you tell us a bit about the crew collab? So this is my favorite part. <laughs> um, I, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful to be a part of the crew collab. First of all, um, my personal story that I just want to share is um, I had been in the construction industry for three years full time. And it's funny because they talk about the three year mark being where women leave the field. Um, but it was around the three year mark for me. And I went on Instagram and I found hashtag woman in construction and I saw Missy Sherber <laughs> and I was so excited because, you know, I, I saw representation. I had never seen women on site growing up. I had only seen, you know, me and my dad. So, um, as a young woman in the field, not sure if she's going to continue or not. When I found hashtag woman in construction and Missy Sherber, it really kept me motivated because I would see her post um, day to day, just keeping me motivated. And through her, I found so many other women. She would always post. It just really kept me motivated. I found all these other women that I didn't know existed. You don't see them. So how do you know they're there? Um, so after about a year of following Missy and interacting with her a bit and her just, you know, sending me words of encouragement and just lifting me up, um, they reached out to me to become a member of Crew Collab. 
I see you have a great group of women already involved. There's, in fact, there's too many to list. We'd we'd spend five minutes just listing all the great people. What is the mission and vision of the group? The goal for us is to really just change the conversation around women in construction. Um, And instead of just being an all-female group, we're trying to work with, you know, our male counterparts in the industry to improve, you know, the workforce. Um, We want men and women to feel comfortable working with each other on site. There are just so many goals that we have for Crew Collab, Um, some of them just being providing resources for workers, um, trying to get more of the younger generation involved in the industry. Um, I mean, the list goes on. (laughs) So I really believe in this, and I think it extends beyond just construction. It extends into trades and even mining. Uh, How can other members of the industry, male and female, help redefine the perception of women in these industries? I think it comes down to just being a woman on site and showing up every day and just doing your best. Um, All anybody wants in the industry is for everybody to show up and work hard and do their best. And as long as you're putting out your best work, um, you're changing the perception of women in construction. You're showing that we're hardworking, that it's definitely difficult already being a woman in construction and there isn't many of us. So when you are on site, you do feel like people are looking at you and holding you to a higher standard. And, um, you know, that can definitely be challenging, but it also can be motivating. And I think the biggest thing that we can do is to just keep trying our best and to put our best foot forward. Um, just always show how smart and hardworking and determined and motivated we are in the industry to just do our best work like everybody else. Because at the end of the day, we are all just workers in the industry. Is there something the industry can improve upon to get more women engaged in the industry? What are your thoughts on that? Do we need better schooling programs, awareness campaigns, co-op and training programs? So I think the industry can do better by just showcasing the women that are already in the field. Um, And then from there, we definitely need better schooling and training programs. Um, While I don't fully believe that operator schools are the only route to go. I believe that it really starts with being a laborer and watching um, an experienced operator for a few years to understand, you know, how a job site really runs and flows. As a woman in construction, what are some of the struggles you've faced? I like to focus on the positives, but I think it's important to recognize the negatives or some of the struggles because that is, those are some of the most important learning points we can use to change the perception of women in construction, women in mining, or even women in trades. So what are some of the struggles you've faced as a woman in construction? So yeah, one of the biggest struggles I think I've faced as a woman in the industry is not being taken seriously. Um, Whether it's just from how young I look or just being a woman on site or working with my dad, um, I face a lot of criticism on if I actually do any work, what type of work I do, if I can handle it, if I'm strong enough. Um, And you know, honestly, it kind of just fuels the fire for me. Um, It just keeps me pushing harder because I know that I have to prove myself. And I'm also at the point where I don't feel like I have to anymore in terms of being an operator, but I have so many other areas of the business where I want to prove myself and being able to run the business now. So it's kind of like an ongoing, just motivational, you know, push to just keep going. Um, All the struggles kind of really just fuel my passion for this industry. What pieces of advice could you pass along to someone starting their own business in construction or starting a career in construction? 
as an operator, a laborer, a surveyor, whatever it may be? I would say to just show up and do your best. That's all anybody ever wants from you in, in this industry is to just show up and put out your best work and to take pride in your work and to actually care about the quality of the work that you're doing. That's all that anybody could ask for. Um, I feel like a lot of people kind of lose sight of that, as silly as it sounds, because it seems so obvious. Um, but people get so caught in the day-to-day mundane parts of the work that um, they don't really pay attention to detail in this work and how it affects the, the quality of the work. And Do you think people should go to school or do you think they should work up from the bottom, start off with a shovel and learn from the bottom up? So I truly believe that the way to be the best operator is to start as a laborer because when you're on the ground with a shovel watching, you know, the excavator operator, you're watching the movements of the machines. So when you go into the equipment, you want to replicate what you've seen um, when you're in it. Um, So I truly believe that the best way to learn is starting on the ground and watching an experienced operator for a year or two until, you know, you feel confident enough that you can recreate those same, you know, smooth movements that he's doing and understand why, you know, the machine moves this way, why we place piles in certain places. You need to understand the full movement of the job and what purpose it's serving to really do a a good job and understand why every aspect of that job is so important. What learning experience or learning piece has stood out the most for you in your career so far? One of the most useful skills I've taken away from from being in this field has definitely been patience. You know, in this day and age, people are really used to instant gratification, whereas when you're in this business, you know, you have to see a job from start to finish. And, you know, that requires a lot of patience, working with inspectors, waiting on other people's schedules. Um, so that definitely has been a really big tool and skill that I've developed um, being in this industry. Alexander, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. That was a great discussion. I think a lot of people are going to get value from this and have some really good takeaways. If somebody had further questions, is there a way they could get in contact with yourself? Sure. So um, the best way to get in contact with me would probably be through Instagram at the little operator. Um, And just shoot me a message if you ever want to talk or anything, if you need anything. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate your time, and I hope you got value from this. If you did, please leave a review, share it with a friend. We're trying to build this into an educational resource for people in the industry or people who are looking to get into the industry to listen to. So until then, we'll see you on the next episode.